0: Hello, hello, hello. This is Misty Magdalena Grace with the new and improved version of Healthy and Wealthy and Wise, where we talk about spirituality, psychedelics, plant medicine, microdosing, and really that journey within to finding your best innate wisdom, to your best health, your best wealth through all sorts of inner child healing, trauma release, grief recovery uh overcoming addictions and working with the mind the body and spirit so go ahead leave a review subscribe download we look forward to your feedback thanks for tuning in today hey everybody welcome this is misty magdalena grace if you are new to my podcast um happy new year and welcome As you heard from the intro, I bring on different guests and, of course, monologues that talk about things that are near and dear to my heart. And today, uh, wow, Um, you might need a tissue or two. I I might need one, um, depending on how things go. I've already cried twice today (laughs) Um, thinking about this conversation that we're about to have. So it's yeah, it's very near and dear to my heart as well as my life's work, my mission, my purpose, and my passion. And I'm going to bring my beloved Emmanuel on now to join us. Hello, welcome. And so today we're going to be talking about the the topic uh, at hand is the dead spoke to us and this is what they said. So it's kind of cryptic. Uh, for some of you, I, I hope it didn't offend. Um, we have total respect and honor for the dead. We're going to actually talk about that here today. Uh, both me and Emmanuel have had life or death situations, and we've lost a lot of people. Um, and so I'm just going to like dive right back into the conversation about uh, why are we talking about this today, and, and what do we mean by the dead spoke to us. Um, so there's a lot of people, if you've lost a loved one, it can be very traumatic. It can be very hard. Uh, I've, I've known friends who've been grieving uh, for decades the loss of a child, the loss of a, of a loved one. Uh, and, of course, then there's the whole other conversation of people dying unexpectedly to murder, uh, suicide, um, addiction, uh, they may not always be sudden, unexpected type of deaths, but but when you lose someone, what happens when they die? What happens for you when they die? And so um, kind of uh, going back to what brought us here today and, and my own journey, um, almost four years ago now, uh, I was going through a really, really hard rock bottom moment, and I didn't understand it was unprocessed grief and it was a lot of trauma and collateral damage of the grief of a lot of people who died, um, from 2006 until last year, February 1st will be, unfortunately the next anniversary of, of a, of a suicide. Um, I, me and my husband have lost 12 people to suicide deaths and, some of them were like brothers and sisters to me. Some of them were even closer uh, than my blood family. Quite honestly, because we we felt a connection at the soul level. That is, I'm sure if you if you've met someone and all of a sudden you just feel connected to them, you know what I mean by that. And so it, it was really really hard. And I never was trained or taught or modeled how to handle grief very well. Usually, at least from where I'm from, you you someone dies. Um, within three days, they're buried, and then you move on. <laughs> uh, I know my husband can probably share a different perspective uh, what they they do in Africa, but in America, especially, um, and in some cultures, you're even cremated within 24 hours. Right? You're 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 barely able to grieve in that amount of time, and there is no timeline on grieving, and that's what I learned the hard way. Um, so through my process and journey of grieving, 12 friends, some of them like family, and add to that people who died of alcoholism, people who died of uh, addiction-related deaths. And then big picture, if you look at society as a whole, um, there's so many famous people. Robin Williams, you know, he came uh, home from a, a rehab experience in Minnesota and committed suicide. You have Prince who, again, there's lots of different controversy there, which is one of his songs. So I'm not surprised. Right. I'm not going to go there as to, you know, uh, his fentanyl overdose, but what led him to that point. Right. You have Chris Cornell, Linkin Park. There's so many people who have died these really early and and oftentimes sad, tragic deaths. And it, it, it caused a lot of people, a lot of pain, suffering and grief. But then you have lives, you have families, you have jobs, you have things you have to do, bills you have to pay. Um, so a lot of times it gets swept under the rug. And so I came to a point where I tried psychotherapy, I tried grief counseling, and at least for me at that point, not knowing it at the time that I was kind of on my own suicide mission of not wanting to be here, you know, not wanting to adult anymore, not, not wanting to live, um, life was getting really, really hard because I didn't process that grief. My body had kept the score many, many times and I was lost. And so what happened for me and my my beautiful partner is going to share his own experience with that. Um, I, I hit rock bottom, you know, I had become someone that I wasn't, a binge drinking workaholic who wanted to die. Uh, and I, I found plant medicine. That was my path. Everyone's going to have their own their own path, and within that, I had these these journeys. We call them these ceremonies, where I got to go and I got to finally cry like oceans of tears. I got to close down this 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 head ego brain um, that was filled with fear, by the way, and and a lot of judgment around suicide and death and addiction. There's a lot of shame, a lot of guilt a lot of lack of forgiveness, you know, you talk about the five stages of, of grief, and I'm not going to go there. But there was denial. Um, there was anger. Uh, and I just pushed it all down. And by the time, you know, some of the people that died, you know, in 2020, like my brother, my mom, I didn't even cry. <laughs> I was so numb. I was so numb. And so it was because I didn't want to feel the pain. Right. I had gotten, quote unquote, kind of used to pain and I was like, nope, I don't want to deal with that. And so I turned to these sacred plants to help me be able to to process the grief, to to cry. And which my husband will be able to explain so much more eloquently, um, I got to commune with the dead. And they shared with me some really at the time for me with where I was at in my journey, some outlandish things that I thought, no, this is, this is, this is bullocks. This is BS. No, uh, this doesn't, no, I can't do that. What you're asking of me. And what I mean by that is, you know, again, the psychotherapy, the grief counseling did nothing for me because it was, it was talking and using the, the head brain, Underneath the the experience of the plant medicine, I was able to go into those realms. And on my fourth experience with plant medicine, fourth journey, all of my friends who had committed suicide, including my brother who died of alcoholism, including my mom, my dad, including Chris Cornell, people like Prince, Robin Williams, they all were like lined up shoulder to shoulder. In my experience, this is what I experienced, and they all said keep going. We're so proud of you. We want you to be our spokesperson for what happens when you die. We want you to be our spokesperson for being an example of when you heal and get to the root cause of your pain, your suffering, your grief, your wounds. What is possible on the other side of that, which is now I can say bliss, joy, love, abundance, um, the ability to cry and not be afraid or ashamed, the ability to be vulnerable, the ability ability to be real and raw and honest about who and where I am and what I'm going through, which they said we couldn't do that because they were struggling with addiction they were struggling with mother wounds, father wounds, religion, wound. they were struggling with pharmaceutical addiction because the model that we have, especially in America, but it's prevalent in the world. A lot of my friends who committed suicide, they all had pharmaceuticals that they were using every day. They would get into alcohol or drugs as an association with that. And sure enough, when they chose to end their life, they, they weren't necessarily coming from a, a, a full conscious decision, right? And and there's a whole other um, esoteric conversations we, we we can go into, and my husband's gonna explain more of that in a little bit. But we just really, really were convicted by these experiences. And then I went on and had multiple experiences where I saw and felt the presences of my brother, the presences of my mother, the the presences of my friends who had committed suicide also ancestors by the way who had you know gone before and passed who were like cheering me on you know we we're surrounded by a, they said in the bible a cloud of witnesses and now i can say from that realm in the spirit realm it's the same concept right whether you you know are religious or not we are surrounded in many dimensions by so much love so much support and a lot of these friends though they 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 died, I believe, because they felt separate, they felt less than, they looked outside of themselves for their answers when we have now learned and we teach our clients that, you know, you got to go within to find that love, compassion, and forgiveness of those wounds. And of course, to to work through addiction, that's another topic for another day. But a lot of addictions come from not wanting to feel and experience the pain and the suffering that our bodies are trying to get us to feel. And so, you know, we've personally lived it. Also, my husband will share his story. And I've wanted to, you know, not had full on attempts, but I've, I've wanted to die. And I understand suicide at a whole nother level now. And so we're coming out of the, the closet and talking openly about this because we now after a year of serving people, we've seen so many struggling. We've seen the suicide rate increase. Um, we've seen people leaning heavily on their addictions of all kinds, even social media, um, people pleasing, um, saying yes to too many things. You know, when people think of addiction, they'll say, oh, I don't have any addictions. I Sugar, I'm good. Alcohol, I'm good. I don't smoke cigarettes. But then they're forgetting that addictions is really any habits that take you out of being your highest and best version of yourself. And that could, there's so many options there. <laughs> we don't have time to go through all of them. But really, truly coming forward and 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 saying that, and I'm almost done here, so I'm going to turn over to my husband. That you know, these 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 people who have crossed over, that have passed away, have come to both of us, and have asked us to share. You know, the the main message is love, compassion, forgiveness. And how do we love one another? Most of them died from feeling outcasted, feeling less than different, not worthy, family stuff, religious stuff, dogma, things that were not in alignment with them. And they didn't know how to be in this world. And so we want to bring forth this conversation because we know there's a lot of people who don't want to talk about this and it might seem a little taboo and a little little weird because we've all been you know raised uh, most of us anyway to to believe a certain way and follow certain rules and and also fear death and what happens after you die right and so that can also bring a whole nother stigma and, and concern and fears about people who do commit suicide. What happens, right? People who do die untimely deaths through addiction. Oh my gosh, there's a lot of shame, guilt, and fear with the families that are left behind. And I do believe my husband has a beautiful story and a beautiful take on all of this. Um, and I, I know I wanted to come back to the cloud Atlas quotes. I think I'm going to finish with those. So honey, I'm going to turn over to you, the ghost whisperer, someone who's experienced near-death experiences and helps people who have not quite made it to the light to be able to cross over with your guidance. Why don't you share a little bit about what you do and and that capacity, and then I'll let you take it away.
1: Thank you, Magdalena. Thank you. Thank you. It's always a pleasure to be back as a guest on your podcast um, to talk about, as you said, a topic that is so dear to us. And, you know, uh, to me as a ghost whisperer, uh, my business in that kind of (laughs) practice is to deal with death. um, And particularly people who have died and what happens to them on the other side. Um, now, why, why would I be doing something like that, right? Of <laughs> all the things we could do, right? Well, let's just say that uh, my own life uh, has had some very interesting encounters with death. Uh, as Magdalena said, I had uh, a few near-death experiences. Most recent one happened within the past two years. Um, so very close, very close, where I actually crossed over uh, in the middle of the night to the other side <clears throat> and was lucky enough to be sent back by the divine. Well, the divine gave me the choice. They, they asked me if I wanted to stay or if I wanted to go back. And I, was, and I just said, no, I wanna go back because I don't think that I'm done with what I'm supposed to do with my life yet. I think there is more for me to provide, to, to, um, to discover first of all about myself, uh, to heal about myself, and then to be able to share uh, with people uh, on particularly things like this, death and after afterlife, what happens when you die. Um, so to just give you again, I mean, you probably have heard it many, many times. I, 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 when I had my most recent near death, uh, it was a lot of time what people say. there was, uh, I had a guide who came, just some kind of a goddess, who was there waiting for me and asked me to come along with her. And we crossed into that portal of light, and I found myself on the other side. we call it the angelic realm, the divine realm, and it was just love, pure, like... It, so much, so much love and uh, and compassion and holding and I mean, all the pains were gone. There was no such thing as pain. It was just pure bliss, and it was incredibly tempting to stay there. Uh, but the guy, my guide, who was there, who said, "Okay, guess what? You're on the other side. Do you want to stay here? You want to go back?" And I had that calling from my heart that came along and says, no, "I got more things to do. I have more services to offer before." I can call it, you know, my last hour, my last breath. And then they they threw me back into my body and I came back to life in the middle of the night and um, went on with my day, (laughs) which was quite an interesting (laughs) interesting morning to have after you died, right? So I'm not going to go into what happened to me that particular day, but I wanted to share that experience to say that, yes, I've been on the other side. And it's one of the things that led me to become a ghost whisperer. And as a ghost whisperer, I've had um, several encounters with friends who actually took their own life. Uh, So two of them I can talk about uh, where, uh, unfortunately, when they died, and they were really suffering. They were suffering from things like uh, depression, like intense depression, um, and they were medicated to God knows what extent of medication they were putting in their bodies. um, And that medication didn't help them. They they didn't find here on earth, the the support, um, the solutions, the guidance that they needed to overcome whatever struggles they were going through. And they took their own lives. Uh, So one of the, and I need two cases that I can share with you where it happened because they died in such a tragic, um, sad and you know, an an unfulfilling way, on the other side, they got stuck. They didn't go through the light like what happened to me during my NDE. They were stuck in some middle realms in between this existence on Earth here that we call 3D or, you know, the ordinary life experience that most people have and then the celestial, heavenly, you know, divine, uh, angelic realms. They were stuck in between. And unfortunately, in that in-between state, they were still suffering from the same thing afflictions that led them to to, to take their own lives. So some people call that hell. Whatever. I don't want to give you a name, but that's something that I witnessed. And as a ghost whisperer, I had um, been visited also by friends shortly after they they took their own lives. Uh, to, they came to me, and they were in that state of total misery, and I felt the energetic uh, presence and and the sadness and the emotional um, distress that they were going through. And to me, that was a sign that, oh, my God, there is a ghost. I need to find out who they are. And I've been trained to find ways to communicate with them and understand who they are and why they are there. Um, And and when I discovered that there was, for example, one case, it was one of my friends, I needed to help them cross over. And I and I realized that the crossing over is really the part of the, the the death experience that liberates you from all the burden and all the pain, the sorrows, the, you know, all the misery that you may have been experiencing at the time of your death. Um, so we are very passionate about that because, as Magdalena said, you know, a lot of these either you know, famous people or people who are close to us, friends and families, who died, and some of them died in a very tragic way they didn't really find peace. A lot of time, you think, oh, you gotta find peace on the other side. It's not automatic. It's not automatic. I think there is a certain amount of fulfillment in your own life when you're still here that you have to reach for that peace to come to you when you die and you can cross over into the light. Uh, and that's the reason why we're so passionate about preventing people who are struggling with mental, you know, mental illness and depression, um, things of that nature. From either taking their own lives or just go, dying by through an accident, but in that particular state, because I've learned to, I've discovered through my experience as a ghost whisperer that they're still going to be suffering afterwards until they can actually go into the light. And unless somebody like me, or you know, other, I'm not the only one. There are a whole bunch of people who do what I do. Come and find them, and then make them cross into the light. They could stay in that state for. An, and no amount of time. Uh, and on, on that side, in that limbo world, in between those realms, they don't have any concept of time. All they know is that they are feeling the same shitty emotions that they had when they took out their lives, and they don't find any peace. And somebody has to help them cross into the light to finally find the peace. Uh, and to, to give you kind of a context, has to. So these are two people I was talking about, two friends that uh, Magdalena and I had that we share. Um, who took their own lives, and we ha- I had to help them cross over. Um, as a ghost whisperer over the past year and a half, about, about, yeah, about 18, 19 months of doing that, I've helped about more than 300 souls, 300 plus, cross from the, the, the limbo world right to the light. And that's to tell you that when that happens, they've shared countless stories with me about how they died, why they died, where they died, and I witnessed them crossing over. And as Magdalena said, the biggest lessons that I've always, I was able to receive, first of all, I understood that death is a natural process. And when you go through the, the whole process and you don't get stuck, it's a beautiful experience. I know it seems grim for me to say dying is a beautiful experience, but when it's done the right way, it's part of nature. It's part of how we were created as human beings. We're all meant to die one day. That's it. It's part of the game. And that death, when it's done properly, is a beautiful experience of transition. Um, and the, those souls that have helped transition have a very similar message that I received from them to what Magdalena like shared about help help us, help people who are struggling with their human experience find that peace Find, resolve those uh, those shadows. We call all of them those shadowy aspects of ourselves. You know, well, it will be those sadness, anger, um, uh, emotions like shame and and fear, uh, all those darker emotions. Right, help them resolve those before they cross over, before they die, so they can cross over properly. And every single one of those three hundred plus. Got stuck because they didn't resolve those emotions properly, and they had to—they needed the help of someone like me—to um, to give them some kind of closure with that, so they could cross over. So I wanted to share that, uh, uh, you know, real life experience from what I have uh, seen uh, in recent years about uh, my experience with death and the afterlife. So Magdalena, I'll send it back to you for maybe more questions or discussions.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I wanted to add this because it's very personal and I'm, I'm really, I'm not, it's not good or bad. I'm, I'm grateful now. I, I, Like I said, I cried quite a bit today. I cried a lot earlier um, thinking about this topic. And it was very intense for me because when, when I was sitting in that ceremony and all of these beings, including one of the friends that I want to come back to her in a second, who said, please heal yourself, heal the wounds that we couldn't overcome your addictions, overcome your shame, your guilt, your fear. Those are the top three for me. And I do believe for them as well. That's why we were so connected and be able to teach people how to overcome that guilt, shame, or fear, and not be reliant upon substances, pharmaceuticals, again, looking outside yourself for the answers because we have all the answers that lie within or as within so without. They all came to a point where they chose to end their lives or, you know, die by the, the addiction path because they didn't think there was any hope or there was ways to, to overcome this because the societal norms is, you know, go to school, get a job, buy a house, have a family. There's these like preconceived, like box, in the inside box, the things. And all of my friends who committed suicide, shocker, um, most of them were single. Um, A few of them were married with children, but a lot of them were defying the societal norms. And so then they turned to coping mechanisms and stuff, right? So the friend that he's talking about, and out of of, um, respect for their family, we're not going to say their name. Um, This is a girlfriend of mine in Minneapolis. Uh, She was actually in the pharmaceutical industry. Okay. Um, and so her death was connected to uh, pharmaceutical uh, overdose slash alcohol. And when, when my husband was able to connect with her in the, the other realm, knowing that she hadn't already gone to the light, which again, some people would call that heaven. We're, we're not religious, we're, we're spiritual and we honor all paths, uh, all tribal indigenous cultures, all belief systems. We just want to put that out there. We're not, not trying to like, you know, tell you how to be and what to believe or think or feel. Okay. But in this, this other realm, you know, we had a three-way conversation, her, me and my husband. And she even said, Hey, I'll be like your angel. I I just remember crying when she said that I'll be your angel. Please, please keep doing what you're doing because, you know, she had been a personal training client of mine. She had understood health and fitness and nutrition, but she still had shame, guilt and fear and trauma that caused her to to make other choices. Um, And society supports those choices. When you see the pharmaceutical model, hey, do you take insurance? You know, we get that question a lot. Unfortunately, we don't. So then people think, oh, well, I can't afford that, or I'm not worthy of that kind of healing, or I'll just go the path of least resistance, which is alcohol, drugs, you know, whatever. And so she was like, Asking us both of us to to be able to stand up and and speak, you know, for her. And um, again, we believe that we are speaking for her and all of our friends and family, because I lost a brother to alcoholism, to be able to say, let's wake up. Wake up to your truth, wake up and acknowledge what we call the shadow. You've heard us talking about that on the previous episodes. You know, your shadow is beautiful your shadow there's no shame in your shadow there's there's stuff that has been repressed there's stuff that society maybe isn't normalizing but we want to normalize these conversations so that you know we can we can save lives we have private conversations with people all the time like i don't want to be here like literally, some of our clients are—they trust us. They're vulnerable. They're sharing it, and we know there's more people out there like that. So we, we can't be silent any longer. Um, we want to be a safe space for people to be able to come out. Uh, and I've talked to a lot of people who they're they're just like not sure that they want to stay. And we want to be able to let you know that you have options for healing. You don't have to go the pharmaceutical path. You don't have to go the addiction path. You don't have to go with whatever path that hasn't been working for you. So, opening your mind to those possibilities um, can really, I think, help you have hope and encouragement. So, that was the only thing that I wanted to add um, was that three-way conversation we had with this 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 being who had you know taken her own life and chosen to exit, but she still had a message for us before, you know, you helped her pass to the light. And I don't know if there's anything else you want to add to that.
1: no, um, and well, maybe the, the one thing I would like people to also understand in those 300 or so experiences that I had of helping a soul cross into the light, the crossing into the light is not a test of any kind. I really want to emphasize that. It's a very natural thing. That's what we are meant to do. Normally, every, every person dies, that's the normal process. We cross into the light. When we go into the light, we are connected to source, our creators. I, I put it a plural to, to be our creators or creator, parenthesis S. Uh, that's again a controversial topic. I'm not going to go there, but we call it source. Uh, And when you go back to source, you have your own meeting with source. And what what happens between them and source? I have no view or I have no business in knowing that. All I know is that once they get into the light, they are back to where they're supposed to be in that state of their existence in general. Um, And there is not a test. There is not a qualification. You know, you don't, it's not about, oh, you've been so good, then you get there. It's, it's not so much as, as a, a matter of deserving to cross into the light, has to just be ready to go into the light. And that readiness happens within. It's that the importance of those shadow work? The shadow work that we talk about really helps you be ready when your time comes to remember where you're supposed to go and not be stuck in limbo.
0: Yeah. Beautiful. And I know we have a few people watching, no need to, but if you want to comment below, if you have any questions before we sign off, because we're going to sign off. We just wanted to bring this conversation. You're going to hear us talking more about this over time. Um, I guess I'll, I'll really quickly mention if if anybody out there that's listening, who's been struggling with this, this, this shadow of shame, guilt, fear, maybe suffering and silence. Um, my husband and I are starting a shamanic initiation program. That actually starts next week, Thursday, one week from today um, to help you safely in a a virtual, but also in person here in Southern California container. It's a combination. It's a hybrid to heal, to feel, to name what it is. Again, when when most people, and I can speak to this myself and then also coaching people over the past year, a lot of times people don't know why they're addicted to alcohol or addicted to social media or addicted to things, right? It's, it's, a, it's an unconscious shadow. And our ego is trying to protect us from feeling the shame, the fear, the guilt, the resentment. Um, a client actually mentioned a new one for me this week that I thought was, oh, dismiss it. If you ever felt dismissed as a child in school or at home or in church or whatever, we all have these little these little wounds, these little things, these little imprints that stay with us. And we can only really, at any point in time, use 10% of our conscious mind and we repeat 80 to 90% of what we said, thought, did yesterday, right? We're, We're creatures of habit, whether we like it or not, we are creatures of habit and structure. And so most of our results in life, your money, your health, your relationships, your sex life, any insert whatever thing here is a result of your uh, unconscious mind is driving all of those decisions. And so that's the shadow work. So if you're not happy with where you're at, or if you're feeling suicidal, or if you're feeling like, you know what, screw it, I'm just going to have another beer or a cigarette or another hour on social media or porn or whatever it is, we've worked with all of that with people you know, a lot of that is coming from the ego trying to protect so you don't feel and go through the work because it's a brave and courageous path to be able to embrace and confront these things. And so if you want support and guidance, we have that program available to you. Reach out, um, shoot us a message. You know how to reach me by now, most likely, if you're watching this. If if not, check the show notes. We'll have information on how you can book a free consultation. but then we, we also, you know, just just genuinely, you know, stay stay in touch, stay in touch with us, um, you know, follow us. Uh, we have so many things to share, so many things to offer. Um, if you know someone's struggling, please hit the share button um, with your own community. And then, of course, we have our, our GoFundMe uh, nonprofit. 2024 is our year to really uh, fulfill that vision of having um some scholarships and some ability for people who may have lost a loved one to suicide or addiction death and doesn't know how to grieve doesn't know maybe maybe they want to communicate with them on the other side you know my husband can help with that a lot of these things cost money right and i know a lot of my friends who died they were using insurance, they, they were using the, the, the typical traditional models. And now that we're kind of heading into what we call a new earth or a new era, uh, a new age, some people may not like that phrase, but whatever you wanna call it, um, we're, we're, we wanna be of service. So we're creating a nonprofit and a foundation that's serving and supporting families. So if you have lost someone to either suicide or, or addiction, we would love to hear from you as well. Um, partner with us, collaborate with us. If you have the ability to be a philanthropic partner, otherwise volunteers are always welcome. Um, we'd love to hear your story, maybe have you on our podcast, just to be able to build that community because we all, we believe, my husband and I, and then I'll, I'll share this quote. And then if there's anything else you want to share as we close, Emmanuel, we love the movie Cloud Atlas. Okay, and that that movie is like the epic love story. I've I've never watched a movie more times. You can ask my husband. In fact, I think we're overdue. It's it's a new year. We got to watch it again. But it's a three hour epic film by the Wachowskis uh, that are now sisters, not brothers. They actually transitioned before and during the movie, which I found is interesting. And they 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 created the Matrix, and they said this was their best gift to the world was the movie. Cloud Atlas. And there's um, a, a gentleman who commits suicide in that film. Um, deeply, deeply touched me when I saw it. And there was a quote that embodies what we're trying to talk about here. Our lives are not our own. From womb to tomb, we are bound to others, past and present. And by each crime and every kindness, we birth our future. You could also say that's another way of saying we, we are karmically connected, but we are all one. You know, my sadness is yours. Yours is mine. And truly, we are connected from womb to tomb and and, and even beyond. You know, now we've shared about our friends who've come to us beyond death and, and shared these beautiful wisdom messages to help us change what's happening in the world here and now, with the suicide rate increasing, addiction increasing. Something's gotta give, something's gotta change. And so is there anything else that you wanna share, Emmanuel, before we close?
1: Um, no, that, that was perfectly said. I really love that movie too, love that quote. And every, every day we discover a new version of that quote, how it manifests in our lives. And it's a very profound, a very profound movie.
0: Yeah. And, and to recognize, too, this will be the last thing and then we'll close. The, the idea behind that, and one might say, if you, whether you're a Buddhist, a Christian, uh, whatever you believe in, even the golden rule, um, there's a thread in there about love and compassion, and how truly loving one another and just letting all of the rules, the constructs, the, the, the conventions, the boundaries, whatever that kind of divide us as worlds. And we have war. We have all sorts of really painful things happening um, to be able to know thyself and love thyself and overcome addiction, struggles, strife and really get into your heart and out of your head more is is really the foundation of of what we're talking about because um, most people say that a lot of suicides it just comes with a thought and it and unfortunately the action is taken so we would love to inspire you to to change your actions to take empowered action to love yourself first then you can love others more readily and be able to to have a different future for your lives And of course, you know, a lot of times addiction and suicide tends to, quote unquote, run in the family. So you can break generational cycles um, by participating in this conversation. However you want to participate is up to you. So thanks, guys, for tuning in to this this very profound, different, (laughs) deep message for healthy and wise today. Until next time, um, here's to your best health, your best wealth, and your best wisdom. Bye-bye for now. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please subscribe, download, leave a five-star rating or review. And also please refer this to a friend you know who may benefit from this inspirational message. We hope to see you again. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel or join my Facebook community. And if you are looking to manifest your best health, your best wealth, by trusting your best wisdom within, please go to my website, www.microdosingforhealth.com. Again, www.microdosingforhealth.com dot com to quiet your mind, get into your heart, heal your body, and manifest